You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Seven minutes after two. Thank you so much for staying with us. So what we've been doing uh, over a part, the past couple of weeks is to do uh, a check-in on our continent, how the continent is doing with COVID-19. We decided to do this because we just felt that uh, a lot of media attention was focused on the West, uh, what was happening a lot in Europe, what was happening in China. Very little focus was happening around what is going on in the continent and how the continent is reacting. We include ourselves in that, by the way. So we will also give you some sort of perspective as well at some point with a a group of people around how South Africa itself in general is managing and how, I mean, the world is celebrating us, by the way. Everybody says we're doing well, but maybe it's it's going to be interesting to have a conversation with other experts internally to say, in general, how we're doing um, and and how we're managing COVID-19. So I've asked a colleague, Sophie Mugwena, SABC foreign editor, to talk to us about how Burundi has managed COVID-19 especially around the fact that we've just had an election happen in Burundi. A very good afternoon, Mesofikwena, and thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So the, um, Burundi has had a couple of things happen at the same time. So elections, very crucial elections have just happened now. Yes, indeed elections, but at the same time, at, uh, the continent is working very hard to try and stop the spread of the COVID-19. Unfortunately, a country like Burundi took a decision some few weeks ago to expel the World Health Organization officials who are working in Burundi. And therefore, uh, it is uh, a bit uh, tricky to really uh, assess how Burundi is performing. The numbers are very uh, small, but the question is, are they doing enough testing? Secondly, we saw large numbers converging during the rallies or the opposition uh, rally or the uh, current uh, president Nkurunziza and the person that he has nominated to run for a presidency representing his party, large, large numbers. And therefore, the question is, uh, during those gatherings, didn't perhaps people uh, got affected Mm. by this virus because those numbers were very, very huge. But it is very difficult to get information because we saw yesterday there was no access to Internet. Mm. And therefore, the flow of information was not there. Journalists had to use certain means like calling friends and families Mm -hmm. just to get information in that country, particularly the East Africa region. It was very, very difficult to get information. Even during the campaign uh, season, it was very, very difficult to really get a sense of what what's happening on the ground many journalists have been arrested and it's and it's this is the tricky bit and you would know this because at a time like this this is what concerns me for journalists at a time like this we would have for instance had you go there and of be part of the the group of journalists who are reporting on either the elections or whatever and and get some insights from you but because borders are closed because you know we we are not moving around it's so difficult to get access to that kind of information it is very difficult indeed. COVID-19 has grounded uh, most of uh, foreign journalists or the correspondents. Yeah. They can't even cross borders yeah. or even in their respective countries, mm-hmm. there's no free movement. While journalists in most countries are regarded as 
essential workers, mm-hmm. it is very difficult because sometimes the security officials uh, don't understand mm-hmm. and therefore it is very, very difficult. We are really grounded. We are correct. Perhaps SABC could have been yes. in Burundi. You would recall that uh, the last elections in Burundi, we covered the yep. elections from Burundi. We then went to Kenya to cover uh, Obama's visit on the continent. But uh, this time around, it is very, very difficult. We can't because borders are closed, but also for the safety of uh, journalists, you cannot travel, particularly Mm. in areas where you think uh, you might be vulnerable. And also uh, using... uh, uh, the, the you know the airlines this mm. time around it's very yes. difficult and we know that uh, some infections uh, happened because of uh, mm. movement of people goods and services you see the East Africa region there's a serious problem of truck drivers mm. uh, you know people traveling from either Kenya Tanzania Rwanda in that East Africa region those truck drivers most of them. Uh, have tested positive and they have uh, that that whole thing has led to tension in that region mm-hmm. where yeah. the three countries are accusing each other so it is very very difficult to really be on the ground outside where you are to get information but thanks to technology you still have zoom you still have uh, skype and also telephones uh, emails and social media to get information. And uh, we are undated with information, particularly ordinary people on the continent Mm. who interact with us on social media. We do get information. And timelessly so. I mean, I always get information and stories from the region in the morning when I wake up, my social media is flooded with information. We do follow up. And that is why we are still leading in terms of information on this uh, COVID-19 coverage on the continent, around the world, and in South Africa. I'm I'm interested in how information then is flowing within the region itself. Let's Let's stick with Burundi, for instance. So... If government is shutting down major social platforms, social media platforms like WhatsApp and Facebook and so on, um, how are they informing the public around the actual ep- uh, pandemic? Is that happening on their own platforms, public broadcasters and so on? It is happening on their own uh, platforms. Mm. But the problem is it's not as uh, independent mm. as it should be mm. because they will communicate what they want and therefore you have to sift mm. the information you know yeah. around what you get and check and verify before you can use that information because if you don't verify mm. you risk a situation where you are just communicating propaganda it is very difficult, but uh, we are used to these issues. We are used yeah. to this situation. Uh, that's why we are journalists and yeah. we, we have learned, you know, to ensure that we get information even in countries where the, 
you you know it's very difficult to get information we do get information and we continue to inform the nation and that is why saraki mani our east africa mm. correspondent will be reporting later today in terms of what's happening in mm. burundi where the counting has started mm. and what's happening even though it's very very limited but mm. at least we will have information and perhaps uh, give updates in terms of what is happening there i mean yesterday many people were calling uh, asking whether i have uh, information around burundi and i directed them to sabc news channel because i knew that sarah was able to get information to uh, also from journalists yes. who are in burundi yeah. Now, we've been speaking to her. In fact, it's been quite valuable. Um, I'm just wondering, with the expulsion of the WHO officials based on their comments on the rallies that were held, are there discussions to get them back? Because at the center of this, again, as you said earlier, is a pandemic and, and people's lives. Do you think Burundi will allow them back in? Uh, yesterday, last night, on African perspective, when Aldrin Simpier was in conversation with uh, the director of WHO uh, in the Sub-Sahara region, yes. uh, Dr. Matsirisomieti, she indicated that they will continue to engage the government in Burundi, and they are hoping that uh, they will find a solution. And uh, later, perhaps uh, the WHO officials will be back in Burundi to do the work. And there's also pressure from international community Mm. to ensure that uh, they go back because uh, if you don't assist Burundi to manage this uh, COVID-19, it will be a problem for East Africa. And by extension, it will Mm. be uh, a problem for the continent and at the end of the day, the whole world because COVID-19 is a problem for all countries around the world because we live in a global village where there's free movement of goods and services and people. And we know that at some point in time, even though many airlines are not operating, they will operate. That is why uh, the director of uh, WHO in Geneva, Dr. Tedros, said, you can't say you have this vaccine and you'll give it to your own community only. You will not share with other people because those who don't have that vaccine Mm -hmm. might find themselves in your country Mm -hmm. and they will infect your own people. So it must be a collective work to ensure that we address this problem of COVID-19. It cannot be a responsibility of one country or countries can't work in isolation. We have to work together. Thank you so much for the time you've given us to just give us that perspective. So Fumugwena is our SABC foreign editor and uh, we were looking today specifically at Burundi and as she said earlier, uh, later on on SABC News, we'll keep hearing an update on what is happening there around the election, which uh, uh, the accounting has begun and so on. So we'll get some perspective a bit later. Just tune in to SABC News for the very latest in updates.